Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. New on is now on ESPN Radio. New is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're listening to Willie Nelson here on ESPN, you know the man, Marty Mornoweg, in studio with us here uh, on the radio. Usually he joins us on Mondays, but Coach was on his way back from the other side of the world. So now he's back with us here on your Wednesday. It's our ESPN Roundtable. Presented by Paradise Falls. Little Willie Nelson via 1984 in Tokyo. And coach, I thought that was so fitting because I found that live album in the basement the day you left for Tokyo. It was the first time you'd gone to Tokyo since you went there in 1984, right? Yeah, since 1984. Hi! You know, uh, two things. Got yen. You know, anytime you leave, you got yen. And look at most of the places over there. Would take the the credit card, sure. uh, but but there are a select few places that only take yen. So we had to make sure we had yen when we left. But uh, what a great trip! There were more than a few people that remembered cool. the 1984 Mirage Bowl. So that was fun. Uh, the the Ivy League All Stars win the game against the Japanese All Stars. So that was good. It was good for everybody because the long flight home, you've got a little totally. juice, you know. So uh, we had a, a, a great, great time. I fell into a clinic slash camp. Nice. Uh, because of Coach Marty's coaching. Of course he is. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I, I go over there for a little vacation. They put me to work, and I loved it uh, because the, the Columbia University football staff was supposed to do this clinic. But because of recruiting uh, issues, uh, the, they they wiped it out and asked if I would do it, and I had a blast doing that. I was impressed. I was impressed by a couple things. There, the the Japanese they were high schoolers and college players. Interesting. There, there was over a hundred. The athleticism was pretty good. For sure. I was I was impressed with that. I was also impressed with the Japanese coaches. Now many of them have been over here. In fact, Coulter. There was a couple of fellows that had visited me Hilarious. in the past. That's awesome. They said, Coach, I visited you in 1998 in San Francisco. Wow. I'm going, tell me about it. And then we would be talking. I go, I remember you. Hilarious. And, and awesome. so they come over here. They learn. And then they take it back over. And then they go through. And learn. Then they come back over here. And so it's continuing education for them. Well, super fun and uh, awesome. So the, the tie that binds here, Coach Marty was there in 1984 for the Barrage Bowl when the University of Montana played there. What would you throw for about 500 yards in that game? Uh, I was four and a quarter. <laughs> uh, in fact, the fella, he was an American. I think the only American on the Japanese staff. He was coaching the quarterbacks for the Japanese All-Star team. He was on the Army staff. Interesting. That we played against, so we we had a little conversation after the ball game at the after at the after party. Now the Japanese, when they do something, they do it right for sure. Uh, so I enjoyed that part as well. Uh, so I mean, being in Tokyo in 1984 and now 2023. 
Did you notice any differences? I mean, it's such an enormous city. It's probably hard to like scale. You know, I mean, you can you could probably certainly tell differences in Missoula from your college days to now. But what did it seem any different in Tokyo? Uh, well, our host and taxi driver type type guy. Yeah, he asked me the same thing. Sure. Yeah. and I'm going. Guy, I can't even tell you because you may not even know this. Sure. I had mono. Oh. I almost didn't get on the plane. Oh, jeez. Yeah, my throat. So is all I did in Tokyo was slept, uh, took us some drugs, uh, ate. My, my appetite was still pretty good, even though I had mono. They kept checking my spleen, right? I missed most of the practices. And then I think we uh, on Friday, I, I went to a press conference and a, and a practice and then played on Saturday, dropped four and a quarter on him, <laughs> cut the game to seven points against a 19th-ranked team in the country. We had a chance to really, we, we did have a chance uh, to beat him if the ball would have bounced our way one time. Well, a, a, a part of Grizz history, history certainly worth remembering the Mirage Bowl in 1984. And then Coach Marty got a chance to go back for the Dream Bowl featuring the Ivy League All-Stars, his older boy, Skyler, a coach there at Columbia. And uh, they were taking on a uh, Japanese All-Star team over there. So, uh, fun stories. You know, the one thing my wife, on when I didn't go to practice, I went to a couple practices. I went to a camp clinic. But we had a couple days. I got templed out. My wife, Lindsay, she loves all of these temples, right? And 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 uh, I got templed out, but had a wonderful time. What a bunch of history. And that's one thing I did not get to do in 1984. So I got out and about just a little bit. We stayed in Yokohama. You can see the hat right here. Uh, is that what that is? The Yokohama, Yokohama cool. Bay Stars, the baseball team right there. And then the fellows were practicing in Kawasaki. And then, of course, the game was played in Tokyo. And we, Lindsay, Lindsay and I went off. I call her Double L, her main <laughs> name, Lindsay Lawrence, Double L. But Double L and I, we went off and about and hit a bunch of different temples and uh, had a Super great host. Cool. And, um, you know, so I keep bowing to people still. You <laughs> right. know, it's going to take me a little while to get over that. Well, super fun. An awesome experience. And uh, I'm jealous because Tokyo, certainly one of the most historic cities on the earth. Also, right now, the largest city on planet Earth, I think 48 million people. So, I mean, to put that in perspective, that's like six or seven times the size of New York City. That's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. There are a lot of people. And the, the two things that surprised me just a little bit, everybody is still masked up. Interesting. I mean, in Tokyo and Yokohama, yeah. and 100%. Now, wow. we got off and about a little bit, and I'd say 98%. Sure. But every now and then, you'd see somebody without a mask. Uh, that surprised And then the communication surprised hmm. me just a little bit, yeah. even the fellas who speak English, it's quite broken. Most of them, uh, you, you know, you may get uh, whoa, whoa, one in, in, in a once in a blue moon, uh, a fellow that speaks pretty fluently. Uh, interesting. We're already born away in studio with us here on the ESPN Roundtable. Uh, let's talk about the NFL. Okay. Did, were you, how, what was that like? Were you able to keep up with it oh, while yeah, you were they, over there? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But they came on so early. Right. right? So what's so, the time difference? Yeah. So I was, oh, oh, shoot. I have to figure it out every time. That, you <laughs> right. know, I mean, right. so uh, like one of the games came on at like 5.30 a.m. And, yeah. uh, you know, another game at like, you know, 10 a.m. Yeah. So it was it was fine. I just got up early sure. and kept up with it. And, uh, you know, I do some things for the 33rd team. Totally. And, and the Ravens radio station out there in Baltimore, so so I've got to keep up on it just a little bit, so I did that, and got to bed early. My clock was way different over in Japan than sure. it is here. Yeah, totally. So let's go through the games then. The first game Saturday, 
Uh, Jacksonville fought hard, and uh, I think they got a bright future, uh, particularly with a great head coach in Doug Peterson who's done great things with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, even though, despite an injury, Patrick Mahomes gets knocked out of the game, he comes back into the game, but uh, here we are, the Chiefs are in the AFC Championship for the fifth year in a row. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the great runs in AFC history at this point. Quarterbacks and defense. Yeah. Right? Okay, so now you have, right, I'm getting off tangent a little bit, you've got a couple teams in the NFC yep. that have great defenses. Sure. Right? You've got a couple teams in the, in the, in the AFC who have fantastic quarterbacks and decent defenses. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> so that's what gets you here. It's definitely what gets you here. I think you got to be able to run the ball a little bit, too, and we're going to get to that with the Bills in a mix. I think that's the thing that's eluding them more than uh, any other factor besides ball security. Uh, but the Saturday night game, a statement one. I think that the conversation around the country was, oh, the Eagles kind of dropped a few down the stretch. We don't know about Jalen Hurts' health. The Giants are as hot as anybody. They just killed the Vikings on the road, whatever. Not so fast. Uh, Eagles just pounded them. I thought they bullied them. I thought they wanted to make a statement, and uh, they just ran over New York. Thir- 38-7. to seven. I didn't see that one coming. They're built better as well. Oh, that's right. They have that's better right. players across the board than the New York football giants currently, right? That salary cap is crazy because it can yep. change uh, at the drop of a hat from year to year. But, but the Eagles are built very, very well. Offense, defense, and special teams. So I was not so – now look, and I'm biased. You sure, know that. 100%. Towards Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. So I was not surprised at all by that score. Well, that's the thing, too, is now that the dust has settled and we got the, the final four in the NFL uh, playoffs remaining, I, I mean, I really think if you were even just to break down the final eight, I think you would say that the, the teams that have the best players and or a quarterback that can kind of overcome it or both, I mean, seriously, the six best teams made it to the final eight just in terms of pure level of talent and level of, of disorganizational stability, right? I think you're exactly right. And defenses come into play big time. It's kind of like NBA basketball, sure. right? Once you get to the playoffs, and especially uh, the last seven games, the finals, right. NBA finals, the defense goes from media and they pick That's it up. Exactly. You remember the great Detroit Pistons, the defensive Oriented uh, Detroit Pistons that won a bunch of uh, a bunch of NBA uh, championships. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I made this analogy to Chris Redpath in, in uh, hour number one here on Nuanas. Now, uh, the Brock Purdy story is great, and he's playing really great. But he's also sort of the little. It's like the kids on the playground. You got the little guy who stands in front of the group and he yaps and talks smack to everybody. But he's got the five toughest guys on the playground getting his back, so he's allowed to do it. That's the Niners, right? I mean, the guys on their defense are what have carried them to this point. The Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers are built. They're built deep, and they're built across the board. Those two teams, this is going to be interesting with Purdy. Oh, buddy. Right? Because there's been no, not one rookie quarterback ever lead his team to a conference win and go to the Super Bowl. It's never been done. I believe there's five that have attempted it, and they've all lost. All lost. So, now, this team is built for a rookie quarterback right. to take him all the way. So that is going to be interesting. Will Brock Purdy do something in the game to help him win, or will he do something in the game that uh, uh, prevents them from winning? You know, the great Steve Young, you know, in big games, he would start the game out. I am going to do nothing, right, that will right. prevent right. us from winning. Right. Uh, so that was kind of his mentality, at least to start the game. So Brock Purdy needs to be in that mentality. 
play the game, play within yourself, just like he's done all year and really his whole career in college and this first year in the NFL. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls located on the south side of town. Awesome place to gather with family and friends alike. They got breakfast, lunch, dinner, full-service casino, 18 draft beers, 30 big-screen TVs. Go check out Paradise Falls there, 3621 Brook Street. Uh, that's the other thing. I think that I'm always talking about this on the show a lot of times when you're not here about how the thing that drives me the most crazy about the NFL is some of the storylines that they leave undertold because they're so obsessed with other certain storylines. The most undertold storyline about the Philadelphia Eagles is they have a historically good pass rush. I mean, they have oh, yeah. 78 sacks this year. They got four guys with double-digit sacks. That's the biggest challenge facing Brock Purdy. The media wants to tell you it's Jalen Hurts versus Brock Purdy. That's an element for sure. Brock Purdy not getting killed by this Philadelphia defense is the main storyline, at least to me. So... You bring up a good point. How do you negate a great pass rush? You run the ball. And the trade for McCaffrey. Yep. That looks golden, doesn't it? For sure. It and, looks golden. So you and that's another key of this game because he's got to tweak calf, too, because he is yep. he's absolutely one of their best players. Yeah. And so so you run the ball, and then, and then you go hard play action, right? Yep. And then you move the quarterback just a little bit. And Brock Purdy is built for that offense. That offense is built to play against a great pass rush team. So what an interesting matchup. That You know, it's all about matchups. In fact, I was just on uh, a Zoom call with the 33rd team. And and uh, 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 Mike uh, Giddings, you know, mm-hmm. you know, famous. his dad really started it. Sure. Uh, and it's it's all about matchups. And, and at every position, it gets quite complicated. But basically, you're either a blue player, a red player, orange player, uh, uh, you know, there's like four. So the blue players, he made a good point today. Once you get into the playoffs, the blue players, that's the highest level yeah. of players. This is McCaffrey. This is uh, uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, sure. uh, Kelsey, right? Uh, all right. They play even more blue, typically. Sure. Right? Right. right? The orange player was kind of They play even more orange once yeah. you get to the playoffs. So I'm kind of going, hmm. So he matches everybody up. Sure. Right? And then his odds of of, of are huge. Huge. Right. Huge. So he's got Cincy. They're plus two as far as matchups. Yeah. Plus two is quite a little bit. I've I've seen him break down games that are plus a half or plus one, right? And that team wins. And then he's got got Cincy plus two, and he's got Philly also plus two as far as matchups. And his percentage are really, really high. And that's, you know, I think that you look at that, it is true because I think that, first of all, um, the Chiefs, in terms of personnel-wise, to me at least, aren't quite as good as they have been. Just because if you when you lose Tyree Kill and guys like that, it's really hard to replace them. But Mahomes is so good, he's carried into this point. But I'm not surprised that those analytics showed that the Bengals have a few matchups because the Bengals, uh, twofold, I think. One, they have better skill guys than the Chiefs got. And two, I think they're much better on defense. And I think that's one of the under, most other underrated storylines going into this is that Cincinnati's gotten here because Joe Burrow's excellent. Jamar Chase and that skill unit is awesome, but their defense is actually pretty dang good, too. Their defense is probably the third-best defense. I'd put San Fran and sure. Philly and then, totally. and then Cincinnati and then, and, and, and then Kansas City. But Kansas sure. City it has the elite, I think, quarterback. He's, well, and he's, they have the veteran coach, too, who's been yes. here many times. I mean, how many, this is what, got to be dozen conference championship games for Andy Reid at this yeah, point. Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. 
crazy. Uh, Andy knows how to put a team together. He knows how to coach them. He knows how to motivate them. He knows how to get his team playing the very best down the stretch and into the playoffs. Now, Mahomes, he may be one-legged. I don't care. Right. I see this game. I see him throwing some touchdowns, hopping on one leg, and poof. He can do these crazy things that others can't. So this little high ankle sprain, first of all, he'll be medicined up. Sure. Now, now, and, and so in that first half, I, I suspect nothing will be much different. They'll rely on a little bit different schematically. Sure. They'll rely less on his movement ability. They'll rely on others just a little bit more. Uh, however, in the second half, when he comes out, because medicine only lasts, uh, a certain amount sure. of time. Will he medicine back up at halftime? Or will he come out? Will it be a little stiff in the second half? We'll see how that goes. I'm sure they've got a plan, right, for, for him and, and, and this high ankle sprain. And we'll see if that plan works till the end of the game. Marty Mornoweg in studio with us here on your Wednesday. Usually Coach joins us for the uh, second hour of every Monday show on the Monday afternoon quarterback. Uh, but sitting in here on a Wednesday because he just got back from uh, a week in Japan. So he was not here on Monday, but back here with us today. He'll be back again on Monday. So you get a steady dose of Coach Marty here. Uh, we'll come back to the championship games here in a minute. I want to ask you quickly about the four teams that lost this last weekend because I think there's interesting folds for all of them. First, we'll start with Jacksonville. Are, are you on my same page where it's kind of just just keep doing what you're doing? Because, I mean, they have a lot of good young players led by a great young quarterback. Yeah, so you, every team, a couple things come to mind. Every team will go through some some changes and adjustments, right? You, the first thing you do is evaluate your own players, sure. right? You evaluate your own players, and then you evaluate your scheme. So there will be adjustments within that. And they are an up-and-coming team. They've had a good defense for a couple years. That's right. They've got an elite quarterback. So now you build around that core, and they've got a bright future, yes. Uh, absolutely. Uh, how about the Giants? Same deal? Same deal? Or I guess the, the biggest crux for the Giants is going to be do you pay Daniel Jones, and how much do you pay him? Correct, and I would suspect they would get that worked out because Daniel Jones proved that he can win yeah. and, 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 and stack some wins together in the NFL. So I suspect they'll get that done. And Daniel Jones won't be uh, uh, one of the highest paid, but he'll be able to set his family up for a couple generations if he does this thing right with the Giants. And I, I suspect the Giants want him back as well. He is going to reset the quarterback market, too, right? Because whatever Daniel Jones gets paid, now everybody that either has the perception of or is actually better than him is going to get more money than him. There are fingers to every contract <laughs> That's right. that goes through the NFL office. Every agent, uh, every team studies these contracts and breaks them down, and then you're, you're right. It sets a new standard. Sunday's losers... I think, have much more complicated scenarios. The Buffalo Bills, uh, they have transformed from sort of laughable uh, non-factors who missed the playoffs for 20 years in a row to then sort of upstart underdogs who are making waves in the playoffs to then the last two years been, oh, this is our year. We're going to make a run. I mean, there was people talking a month into the season, is this team going to go undefeated? Is this team going to run the table? Then they started going up and down, up and down. Uh, they have their quarterback, but I, I want to know your evaluation because you've coached a lot of guys that have similar sort of uh, reputations as Josh Allen, gunslinger, yeah. athletic, throw the ball through the wall, but also sometimes, especially when they're younger, a little bit sporadic, a little yeah. bit, uh, a little bit uh, sort of volatile. Where are you at with Josh Allen? 
Love him. Well, of course. I, I know. love I mean, him you, coming you, out. And you love his that, that type of mentality, too. I do. I do. So you just have to corral him just a little bit, right? You want all that creativity, all that big play possibilities. Yeah. But then the negative plays, he had too many negative type crazy plays. Well, I call them crazy plays. 31 right? times he caught the ball. 23 of them resulted in turnovers. That That's the yeah. most in the NFL in three years. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so Brett. Uh, Favre and I had a conversation after the 1995 season. It might have been 94, 95. Uh, hey, let's just – he had a great year. You know, I mean, sure. I mean, we're rolling. Won the division for the first time since Vince Lombardi in Green Bay, right? Okay, let's cut those crazy plays in half. Uh, right. You know, just cut them in half. That's right. And you're golden. So if you have that in the front of your mind as one of those style of quarterbacks, now the damage you do to your opponent is even more – and the damage you do to your own team is even less. I think they can help him so much just by helping him run the ball because right now he's their best option to run the ball. That can't last. But more than anything, I mean, Sunday was a blizzard in Buffalo and they ran the ball 14 times. I thought the week before against Miami actually displayed exactly their biggest weakness. They're up 17-0 and they're taking shots down the field because that's the only offense that they know how to run. They got to figure out a way to run the ball better, and they got to figure out a way to do something in the run game that's not out of the shotgun. Because, I mean, it was just nothing but gun run plays, and they have no ability to run the ball. Yeah, and we talked about Josh Allen earlier in the season, and I was concerned, highly concerned about him and physically making it through the season totally. because of the style of runs. Not how many particularly, not, but but he would go look for contact. What are you doing? Sure. That's your duty. That's your responsibility to your teammates to keep yourself reasonably clean. And now, now, so so Buffalo, and I think you're going to get to Dallas here, right? That's right. All right. So, so, so both of those teams, right? High expectations, right? They've proved that they're one of the best teams in the NFL. They just can't quite get over the hump. So they have decisions to make. They're not an up-and-coming young team, right? Right. Right. They've got a decision to make. Is it the bounce of the ball? Is it our blue players, right? We sure, talked about right. our blue players playing blue, right? Right. Right, right? right. And sometimes experience, right? The more times you're involved in those type of situations, sure. the better that you will do, especially if you're talented. Is, is that the case? Or... We can't get over the hump. Are there going to be big changes or big adjustments? Those are the things that Buffalo and Dallas are contemplating right now. On the Cowboys' note, it's everybody's favorite subject right now. But, I mean, you got Pro Bowl players at all three levels of your defense. you got a great offensive line. you got a a budding star in CeeDee Lamb at wide receiver. you still got one of the ten best running backs in the league in Ezekiel Elliott. And you're paying a quarterback $40 million a year. I mean... What is next for the Cowboys? How do they get this thing uh, to where it needs to be in terms of their talent and investment? Yeah, now sometimes it bothers me just a little bit. Not you, but others out there, me, you know, uh, print me, sure. you know, talking about, oh, oh, we're paying him $40 million. He's sure. got to play better. It's not the money. It's the cap. Sure, it's, it's, right. it's the relation to the cap. That's true. So your Very cap true. is gone, right? So they have a quarterback here, Dak Prescott, who I really like. He was my – I didn't have him all that high coming out of college sure. just because he didn't do much NFL type of off. But totally. I really like – he He was my uh, uh, risk. Uh, you want to draft him? Uh, you're taking a calculated risk. But the 
the reward might be really good. So he was my guy. I always pick one out. That sure. If you want to take a calculated risk on, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah. Because he's got all of those things that you want in a court. He just hasn't done it yet. All right. So so you've got you've got one of those blue players. He didn't play blue. Right. He played he played lower than right. his level totally. in a playoff game. So you're not going to make a change at the quarterback spot. You have to get him to be able to play like a blue. We've talked about that. Like, like one of the best quarterbacks in the league yeah. throughout the playoffs if you're going to win a championship. So much of it, too, is the guys around these guys, right? I mean, Joe Burrow is an ex- excellent player. He's an outstanding player. He's going to be one of the faces of the league moving forward. He also has the best wide receivers. I mean, three of them. Jamar Chase is maybe the best wide receiver in the game right now. Definitely one of the best in the game. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are both awesome, too. Joe Mixon and Samarji P. Ryan are both awesome tailbacks. That's much better than what Josh Allen has in Buffalo. Stephon Diggs is great, but the other guys are not up to par with the rest of that. And Kansas City, same thing. It's sort of across the board, so maybe it's a matter of helping Dak out or any of these quarterbacks out, right? That's correct. I might have been on the plane. I read about the Buffalo Bills general manager yep. and and his press conference. It's a funny. And he came call. out and uh, you know they got they got beaten. He's talking. They compared it to Cincinnati. Yeah. And he said something like, "Well, Cincinnati sucked for so long. I don't want to suck that long. That's right. To be able to get all of those great players. Yeah. His right? his, his direct quote was, "I never want to suck bad enough." That you need to suck to get your marching. Yeah. That was that was his, his direct quote. You know, and there is some. I, uh, no, I might not go public with it, but, but right. the, there is some truth to that for sure. Uh, I, I remember when the Rams first won their first Super Bowl yep. with Curl. Their defense they they had been building for almost a decade because sure. they sucked so bad. That's right. That when you put their starting defense up, they were all first and second round picks. Right. It was crazy. Right. And they were very good. And then they got their offense. Rolling, but uh, this Joe Burrow, I I kind of like his style. Now, too much is just as bad as not enough. But sure. I do kind of like the cigar in the locker room and uh, and the post game meal at the Waffle House. And uh, you know, I'm not sure I like his style with with his clothes particularly. <laughs> right. But I do kind of like that that swagger. <laughs> type of uh, mentality that he's got as well. Marty Mortaway in studio with us here on the ESPN Roundtable. What do you think? You want to stick around for a couple more minutes? Oh, come on. You know I love talking about <laughs> let's, football. Let's go. We uh, we have Josh Vasquez, Grizz Star of the Week, but we're going to push that to tomorrow because we're going to keep talking NFL playoffs. More conference championship previews. Marty Mortaway in studio with us here on ESPN Radio. Don't touch that dial. Nuan is now back after this. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. One of my favorite trivia questions. Who was Vince Gill, the singer for, the lead singer for, which band, 1970s band, was Vince Gill the singer for? Do you know? 
I only know Vince Gill as Vince Gill. So remember Pure Prairie League? They I ha- don't they know have the, this. You do. You know that song, Amy? Oh, Amy. What yeah. you gonna yes, do? Yes, that's yeah. him. That's Vince Gill. Ah. So he was uh, in a band, Pure Prairie League, before he uh, went solo. <laughs> We're listening to country music because Coach Marty, Marty Mornoweg, in studio with us here uh, on Nuanas Now. He's back from Tokyo. Usually he joins us on Mondays, but uh, here on your Wednesday. Thanks to uh, Paradise Falls for their continued support of us here at ESPN Radio. Uh, this is a continuation of the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Need a place to watch the NFL playoffs? Paradise Falls will definitely have it on for you. They got 30 big screen TVs and they got Sportsbet Montana kiosk right there around the corner so you can place your bets pregame, in the game. Paradise Falls also has breakfast, lunch, and dinner, so go hang out uh, down there on the south side of town, 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Uh, more on the conference championship games, Coach. I want to go through this San Francisco-Philly game a little bit more with you. Uh, the the, the storylines that the NFL uh, national guys are dwelling on are, the, are around the quarterbacks, and that makes sense. you got the seventh-round pick rookie in Brock Purdy for San Francisco. you got the likely at least NBA or MVP, excuse me, finalist, if not the MVP winner in Jalen Hurts for, for Philly. So start with Hurts because I, I think he was running away with the MVP before he got hurt. Uh, and maybe some would say him, him getting hurt actually solidified his MVP candidacy. But regardless, uh, he's now just 1-0 oh as a, a playoff. I guess 1-1 one because one they lost their playoff game last year. But uh, it was a resounding first playoff win for Jalen Hurts. What do you think of just him coming into this uh, NFC Championship game? Well, he's talented. He's tough. He's smart. He's got experience. He's played in the big games before. He played in a playoff game last year. He played in Oklahoma. He played at Alabama. You know, all of these things. Uh, this guy's a diligent guy. I know him very well. So the lights and camera and act, that's not going to bother totally. him. And it'll actually probably help him, right? It, it very much. We talked about blue players playing even more blue right. when the lights are on, right? right? Uh, that's that's. I would be surprised if he doesn't play really, really well. Now, his shoulder, I still don't believe that that's even close to 100%. Definitely not. So they're still trying to take care of that shoulder just a little bit, and we'll see how that moves on through the conference uh, playoffs here. The One of the best stats I heard all year was the San Francisco 49ers, the opponents that they played during the season were then defeated the following week after playing the Niners. Every team the Niners played during the regular season lost the following week. Is there anything to that? I mean, do they just beat you up so bad? I think it's very, very rare. But in this case, I think there is something to that. I do too. That you get just physically beat up. You get a little mentally beat up too. For sure. So the coaching comes in big time after one of those games that you've lost to a really, really physical team. This defense for the Niners now, that matchup with Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles offense, that's going to be fantastic matchup. Uh, Very, very interesting to watch uh, come this weekend. Well, that's why I think this is such a fun game because the, the Niners, great in the front seven. Philadelphia, excellent on the offensive line. I mean, the Niners are just great on defense, period. they got a great secondary. Well, Philly's got great receivers. you got a great quarterback. I mean, that's the thing is these, in terms of the, the personnel, the coaching, the, the, the roster construction, where they're at as franchises, I mean, these are two of the most talented teams in the NFL. It's, it's very fitting that they're playing for the NFC, NFC title. They're the two best teams in the NFC. Right, so here is where the coaching comes into play. The game plan. Yeah. The play calls. Occasionally the bounce of the ball. 
or uh, more than occasionally one of your great players making the great play right at the right moment. All of those things come into play in these type of games where they're two great defenses and two fabulous offenses. I mean, both sure. offenses are really, really good, and they both got good specialty. So it's those things that are going to determine the outcome as well as, we already talked about it, your blue players playing even more blue. Yeah. Nick Sirianni is um, maybe the coach that's getting the least shine out of these four head coaches that are uh, to this point, but he's done an, an outstanding job. It's uh, it's it's quite a balancing act to be able to be. I, I, I guess I wouldn't even I don't even know what I would call him an offensive or a defensive coach because they win with their defense, but he's an offensive guy and they have this great quarterback. It's pretty amazing that they have sort of this attitude based defense that'll just kick your butt and also can score 35 points a game. Uh, they are definitely one of the most complete teams in the league well, as well. Well, the best head coaches know the total game. Right. The ones who might uh, spike, and, and but then they go back down are those defensive guys or just offensive guys, and they, they rely on, uh, you know, Bill Belichick. He's a defensive guy, but he knows offensive football. He right, knows special right, teams. Right. He is involved in every aspect. Andy is an offensive guy, but he understands defense. He's involved. He knows what he wants on defense and spot. So those are the best coaches, uh, and they communicate really, really well. And I suspect that's what's going on in Philadelphia. Howie Roseman, my good friend, sure. Howie, has done a fantastic job in Philadelphia in building that team. They've done such a good job in building the team. It's uh, it's actually amazing. I mean, like Hassan Reddick is a great example, right? I mean, they bring him in, and he was a linebacker in Arizona, playing stand-up inside off ball, basically, and now he's playing off the edge. He's one of the leaning sack guys in, in the entire NFL. That's just a little thing, though, right? I mean, and they've done that across the board. I mean, being able to swing and get Darius Slay in the secondary a couple years ago. I mean, they've made some key, key moves beyond just the development of Jalen Hurts. Off-season, in-season, it does not matter to the Philadelphia Eagles. If they think they're going to improve their football team, they will pull the trigger. Now, the coaching part of it, you go back mid-season a year ago, I mean, they hadn't figured Jalen Hurts out. Their no, that's own, right. That's their right. own staff. That's right. Finally, about midseason, they figured out what yep. Jalen's strengths were. Yep. Right? And then they started playing directly to his strengths. And then all of a sudden, they have a tough time losing a game if he's playing. They, they stuck with him. They started figuring out his strengths, and they went and got him a primetime receiver in A.J. Brown. That's going to be, if the Eagles run the table here and, and get to the, the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, that's going to be remembered as one of the great uh, off-season uh, acquisitions. Uh, the Eagles are also, their mentality, they've got a heck of a defense. Yeah. They will not, you, you know, some teams they'll just play to their great defense. They will not do that. That's right. That's why they put so much pressure on you. They will not do that. It's like at the poker table, a guy going all in all the time. Uh, that, that's what they do. For sure. They they want the best offense in the league with a heck of a defense. And they will not just play towards that defense. It goes against their philosophy 100%. That's a, that's why they when they get out to quick starts, they're just so uh, tough to beat. Marty Mordewig in studio with us here on Nuanas Now. 
ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Uh, a text in from one of our loyal listeners and one of our great buddies, Rick Halmus, who is the uh, board of, the chairman of the board for the Montana Football Hall of Fame. That's kind of how you and I got to know each other. I'm on the board. You were an inductee recently. But Rick says, you guys should both know that I've been a 49ers fan for 63 years, and that's older than either of you two. Go 49ers. So, <laughs> gotta love it. Thanks, Rick. Uh, appreciate the uh, the text. Rick would have <laughs> loved the, being at the game for the catch number two. <laughs> no, for sure. Sure, uh, well, talking about the Hall of Fame, our our good friend Colt Anderson. Yep, gotta uh, love it. And and he's the assistant. I believe this is his title, assistant special teams. That's right for Cincinnati. That's right. So you know, I root for my good friends yep. or the fellows that I've coached. That's right. That's how I go about my rooting business, at least. Grizz, great. Colt Anderson, uh, coaching there in Cincinnati, so we'll see if they can get back uh, to the Super Bowl again. That'll and be he's great. going in this year, right? He Colt? is. He'll, he'll yeah. be one of the uh, headlining members of the uh, upcoming football uh, Montana Football Hall of Fame induction class. So we'll... Uh, We'll have much more about that. Our great friends and uh, partners at the Montana Football Hall of Fame. Uh, always one of my favorite events of the entire year. All right, we're going to take another break because i got a couple more questions about the 49ers. So stay tuned, Rick, and stay tuned to everybody else. And uh, we'll also talk about the AFC Championship game as well. Keep it right here. Marty Mornaway, Coulter Nuanez, ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Well, this worked the other day. I proclaimed Coheed and Cambria come back to Missoula. And then the next day, they scheduled a concert here in town. So Lyle Lovett, come back to Missoula. You ever, are you into Lyle Lovett at all, Coach? Oh, I love Lyle Lovett. Yeah, have, you ever, uh, have you ever seen him live? I've never seen him live. I, I heard I like, he's awesome live. I like some of his music, yeah, I suppose. I, I totally agree. I, that, I, that one song, Church. Yeah, sure. And the, and the, and the, and the Boat. Yeah, there you go. I like those two. <laughs> That's right, and and others. Uh, yeah, I, I like his voice. It's unique, isn't it? He's a unique, and he's a, a great musician. And gets a little funky with it sometimes, and so a lot of love. It's played here at the Wilma a couple times. Come on back, Marty Mornaway in studio with me, Colter Duanas. I hear on your radio dial. Sort of a repeat of, or I guess a, a makeup of uh, what we usually do on Mondays. Coach Marty joins us for the Monday afternoon quarterback, the second hour of every Monday show, and uh, we'll be back to the normal schedule uh, this upcoming Monday. Championship Sunday, though. You got San Francisco at uh, Philadelphia, and then Cincinnati at Kansas City. We broke down the uh, NFC game pretty thoroughly. Last question on that one, though. Uh, Just your thoughts on the Niners, because, again, we keep talking about Brock Purdy. We keep talking about all these things with the Eagles, but the Niners have some of the biggest stars left in the playoffs, and uh, they got a star-studded defense, and they got all these great skill players. Um, I mean, this is gonna. It's a coin flip game according to the spread. Philadelphia is only two and a half point favorites on their home field, so I think even Vegas thinks this is pretty dead even. But what's the Niners need to do to win? Is this thing too big for a rookie quarterback totally. going into Philly, 
NFC Conference Championship game. It is going to be crazy if you know anything about South Philadelphia. <laughs> right. It is different, right? Is is it too big for Brock Purdy? Is it too big for the four? I doubt it's too big for the 49ers, but rookie quarterback, I just have my doubts. And you know I'm biased. I'm tight into Philly a little bit. Jalen Hurts, I think... Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles win this thing about 27 to 13. Interesting. Very interesting. I, th- I heard a great bit on the radio, uh, the national ESPN radio earlier. They were talking about just the dichotomy of San Francisco and Philadelphia because both great franchises in the NFL, both have had a ton of success, both have won multiple Super Bowls. Um, but they were talking about how San Francisco, they have a great fan base there, but there also is this, this whole giant city where everybody cares about a whole bunch of other stuff besides the 49ers, where in Philadelphia, everybody cares about a whole bunch of other stuff, but they care about the Eagles first and foremost. Oh, way first and <laughs> foremost. It is a diff- different type of culture. For sure. You walk into the 49ers stadium for a regular season game, I know. I know because I coach there. I mean, he's coached both these places. Yeah, you, know, you awesome. get a little clapping. You know, they've sure. got some wine and cheese up in the stands, <laughs> right? That, 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 that's a little bit true, right? All right, they, you have some diehard people, but 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 then in Philadelphia, you could be up by 17 points in the fourth <laughs> quarter, and you run the ball for one yard, and you get booed. <laughs> that's how it is, and you learn to love it. You, you do. You sure, learn to love sure. that part. And if you if you can't do that mentally as a player or a coach, typically you're out of there very quickly. I know in Philadelphia because I was there for more than a decade and learned to love the fan base. So how about this AFC Championship game then? You got Joe Burrow, uh, who he and Zach Taylor now, five playoff wins as a combination, which equals the number of playoff wins Cincinnati has had in their franchise's history before those two guys came in. So to say that they've changed uh, the culture, uh, an understatement. They're the hottest team in the NFL. They have been rolling people. Their offense is so explosive, but the road still goes through Kansas City. They did it last year, but you know that the Chiefs are going to have revenge on their minds. Who knows if Mahomes is healthy or not? I think that actually doesn't matter at all. I mean, what better hero narrative could you have than Mahomes on one leg leading his team to Super Bowl, uh, you talk about blue players, that's the bluest player in the entire freaking league. So uh, what do you think about the AFC Championship matchup? Yeah, you're right with Patrick Mahomes. He could play at a high blue level on one leg. Look, at Kansas City is another crazy great place to play, Yeah, especially in the playoffs. I mean, it's going to be loud and furious there. Kansas City, the great Mike Giddings, we talked about it. He's got uh, Cincy as a plus two as far as matchups. Yep. Uh, high percentage there, right? Uh, uh, I love Joe Burrow. I, I, I think he's a heck of a player. They got the sack thing straightened out. A little bit, right? yeah. So you know Spags, Steve Spagnola, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs. He's trying to scheme up ways to slap the splatter. Right? Uh, yep. This Joe Burrow, this young Joe Burrow. Totally. Uh, Joe Burrow's got a little something special. What a great matchup this is. Uh, I, I'm tight into the Chiefs just a little bit. So I see this one. This is what I see. I see. After regulation, it's 24 24, right? Okay. Cincinnati wins a coin flip, boom, and they somehow stop them. And then, and, then, and, then, and then the Chiefs get the ball back, and, and the great Patrick Mahomes bounces on, on his good leg once, not, not one, not twice, and drills a touchdown to win by seven in overtime. Now, if that happens, I'm golden. <laughs> <laughs> if that happens, we're taking you to Vegas. That's amazing. Uh, you heard it here first, the predictions from uh, Coach Marty. 
Uh, so, so you you really do though? You don't think that the Mahomes injury is is that big of a factor here? I'm not sure. In fact, on that Zoom call for the 33rd team, right? We we always have a doctor that comes on and talks about. Uh, uh, an injury or two or even three. Well, this was all Patrick Mahomes' high ankle sprain injury, and I suspect they'll have him medicated up just enough. Just enough. Now, when you do the medicine, right, you don't want to mess with your mind. So there's that there's that fine line. And I, so, like I said earlier uh, in this uh, radio show, I suspect that they have a plan, right? And they, they may adjust the plan as it goes, if he gets better or if he gets worse throughout the week here. But they'll have a plan. They'll execute it beautifully. And, but halftime will be the key, I think, for Patrick Mahomes as far as uh, what they, well, how they treat this thing at halftime. Uh, and, and so I, I'm with you. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like I said, I think he's a blue player, even on one leg. Uh, he's just so talented and so unique. I, uh, I'm so interested to see which side's defense plays better because I think the Bengals are better on defense than the Chiefs. But, I mean... Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are all of favors. So, yeah. you know, as good as you are on defense, nobody can guard Travis Kelsey. That's just kind of the way that the Chiefs always get by. So, And then I'm torn a little bit because of the Colt Anderson thing. For sure. There, oh, the state of Montana should be proud, proud of Colt Anderson and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, it's super cool for sure. Um, because Cincinnati is so good in the skill positions, and, and uh, Kansas City's been a little bit up and down on defense. I mean, do you, is there a, a scenario in which you could see Joe Burrow exploiting that and that this is going to be a high-scoring game? Joe Burrow, oh, yeah. I, look, at two great quarterbacks. For sure. Uh, against two defenses who are good. Sure. But they're not at the top. They're not San Francisco, Philadelphia. Correct. Exactly. Yeah, All yeah. right, so I, I could see this as a, as a, as a high-scoring game. Uh, some coaches... And, and to some extent, players, well, the, 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 the further they go, the more conservative they get. You've got to do the opposite. You've got to turn it loose. So I think both of these coaches have that mentality. Let's allow our players to go out there and win the game. Let, let, let's take a, enough calculated risk so we give Joe Burrow enough opportunity to win the game. We give Patrick Mahomes. I remember coaching all those great quarterbacks. I mean, one thing that you do is you want to give them enough opportunity during that game uh, to win the football game, to throw a few touchdowns, to win the game. That's what you're trying to do rather than trying playing not to lose the game. Some coaches, some even it creeps into the players' mind. Play a little concern. Don't do that. Do the opposite. Turn it loose uh, and, and go for it. Marty Mortoway in studio with us here on ESPN Radio. Just a couple minutes left. And, Coach, last year I started a tradition where when the NFL Futures odds come out, I go and make bets on who I think is going to win the AFC and who I think is going to win the NFC. I bet the Bengals to win the AFC and the Niners to win the NFC. So I'm sticking with my picks. I didn't expect both of them to have to go win on the road to get here, but I'm just going to stick with it because that's where I'm at. I don't actually think that now that we're standing right here. I do. I think that the, the NFC game is a coin flip game. I think the Bengals, though, uh, should be the favorites in Kansas City by a slight margin. That's exactly what the line is. But it sounds like you might be on the opposite here. Well, before the Mahomes injury, it sure. was like Kansas City, give them one. Yeah, that's right. Give them one and a half, something that's right. like that, right? And, that's then it, right. and then it flipped. Totally. It, it, it flipped to the to the Bengals. So uh, what great games. And great like games. you said, I think the four best teams. Yep. With with very little debate, there might be a little bit with Buffalo just because they had such a uh, right. bad game. But but four of the let's say five or six best are in the playoffs, and that's that's kind of rare. Usually, there's a team that surprises people. There's been no surprises here. So are you on the home teams then? 
Oh, I'm Philly. Yeah. Now look, I told you, I'm biased for a reason. Uh, for sure. And then, and then, I, I, I'm thinking that it's going to be hard for me to believe that the Chiefs lose an important game, let alone an AFC Championship game, at home. Right. As as long as as Mahomes is on the field. Well, if uh, if Philadelphia goes out and wins 27-13, and Patrick Mahomes throws the game-winning touchdown in overtime on one leg, Marty and I are moving to Vegas, and we're never coming back, and somebody else is going to take over the radio show. What I found, though, when you, when, when something like that hits on you, uh, you know, it doesn't hit again. It's like once, in a, right. once in a decade that's or right. once in a lifetime. Uh, so going to Vegas, I don't buy that. That's I right. don't buy that because then, 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 then you go on a, on a the, the other way that's, with a streak. That's exactly right. Well, happy Wednesday, everybody. Thanks so much for hanging out. Thanks to Coach Marty for swinging by and uh, have a little makeup date. He'll be back in less than a week, Monday, for the Monday afternoon quarterback, and we will be back tomorrow. We'll talk more NFL. Brooks Nuanez swings by to keep breaking down the NFL playoffs. The guys from Fire and Ice, big hockey fundraiser uh, coming up this weekend. Plus, we got the Chicken Does No Sports and a prep extra. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 p.m. Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of the Advocates if you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, it's all we practice. Uh, you're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 MontanaAdvocates.com.